Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson, as I adjust the levels here. And um, I, our, our guest is going to be very upset with us here. But, but before we get to our guest today, uh, we are a, a company called JSL Solutions. What do we do? We provide streaming video, mobile apps, and uh, church management stuff. That's right. And we also have a podcast here that we do every week. been doing this for quite some time, and we, we love to help churches. And so we not only talk about tech-related things, but we also talk about um, ministry-related things for churches, volunteers, and leadership stuff. Yes. So that's just who we are. Yes. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk today a little bit about audio, church sound, church audio. And that's uh, that can be a uh, definitely a challenge. But we have an expert with us today. And who is that? His name is Trent Perkins. Trent, how are you? I'm fine. It's good to be here today. Well, thank you so much. So Trent is actually with uh, a company called Wholehearted Productions, and uh, your website is what wholeheartedpro.com. Yep, wholeheartedpro.com. That's with a W. The W H, right? Not the. Yes. yes, whole. That's a very good point. Yeah, with the W, holistic. <laughs> holistic. Uh, so, uh, so I was afraid of this, but as soon as he walked in, he starts looking at our podcast setup, and I could see what's just inside his brain. All this stuff churning, like, oh my goodness, these guys are pitiful. Hey, but if it works, <laughs> well, and, I'm, and, I'm all about making what you have work. Yeah, so, if and it we works, appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Well, yes. and, and and we do appreciate that, and and we know that uh, we we had lunch together, and we know. Uh, that you work with some high budget stuff as well as not so high budget for churches and ministries. Where do we fit in that spectrum? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's a podcast. Uh, So, uh, so let's talk. uh, We just want to ask you some, and what I want to get to eventually is, is, you know, for those listening, volunteers, pastors, and things like, you know, audio can be a challenge in churches. And so I want to get to some of that in, in a few minutes, but I think uh, we want to ask a little bit about your history. Trent, how did you get involved in, in, in sound? So uh, when I was in college, I, uh, I got involved with the, the chaplain's ministry, uh, and I went to a Christian school. And so I had basically under my purview two little EV soundboards and um, four EV speakers and all the equipment to go do basically church we'd have like groups of students that would go to various churches and do um little mini concerts and on what Sunday college mornings. was that sorry to interrupt i went to bethel university up in st paul minnesota okay all right and, so- and uh so that's kind of how i got started and then in my sophomore year my my roommates say, i hate the way they do sound around here and as i resemble that comment uh, and if you think you can do any better you know how come you don't do anything about it he says because nobody's asked i'm asking and so he became a great mentor to me and um and then as soon as i got done with college i went on the road with a group called the liberated wailing wall which is part of jews for jesus uh it was a jewish gospel band and i was the bus driver and sound guy and so every night i was in a different church sometimes they were you know ginormous big old soundboards and sometimes they were not so big and we'd use our system yeah. and uh sometimes the church sound system would be 
very broken and I would get the opportunities to offer my input. The church was willing. A lot of times they'd have a better sound system when I got done. And that really became hmm. part of my passion as I went on. And like, man, I would love to do that for a living. And then I joined the army. So um, <laughs> 13 years later, the army says we're done. And uh, I'm like, cool. So I started Wholehearted Productions. And I've been doing this full time for about two years now. Wow. Awesome. awesome. So then I was just thinking of these churches like, wow, I, we had that band through and our, and our, we got a better sound system out of this deal. And we had to put on a great show. Yeah. Bring them. A blessing let's get that. that band back. <laughs> Make sure that sound guy comes. Wow. Yeah. Well, that must have been a lot of fun. And, uh, and that's kind of how you cut your teeth, I guess. Yeah. And it was really, I, I learned that not all churches are created equal. Yeah. Um, some churches have big budgets. Some churches don't. But, you know, ultimately, good sound is, one, about not being a distraction to people, and two, about proclaiming the Word of God. Yeah. Um, right. If somebody comes to your church and the sound is horrible, they're never coming back. And yeah. they won't tell you why. they just like, that was dumb. And they may yeah. never darken your doors of another church. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of become part of my passion of how can we make the experience at church as invisible and inviting as possible. There's a, the, the sound guys all, it's a, it's a thankless job, right? Because if they do an excellent job, nobody Nobody knows knows they exist. Yes. But if they do a terrible job, everyone knows. (laughs) Well, and we've said this, even we, you know, we do streaming video with streamingchurch.tv and we've even said, uh, guys, you know, when we have churches and customers that work with us, uh, what's what's really important is 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 your audio. I've even made this the statement that your audio is more important than your video. I've actually told people that because it's the same deal. I mean, if people are watching your video but your audio is bad, <laughs> they're not going to watch. It's not very forgiving. No, exactly. So so audio is very important with streaming video. But as you said, it's important. Uh, you know, as you walk into church with the sound and everything else. And and I I've been in churches where sound was a nightmare. And people don't come back, you know, so good deal. All right. and, and speaking of video, one of the ways to make the audio a lot better for your video, even if you don't have a separate board and somebody mixing, if you get your EQ for your house right, um, and some churches are like, what's an EQ? Exactly. <laughs> um, there are devices that go somewhere between your soundboard and your amplifiers and speakers. That basically make things sound right. And a lot of churches I've been in don't even have one. Um, And if you don't have a device like that, that's basically uh, taking into account all the acoustics of your room and the nature of your speakers, etc. Then the audio that you're sending, you know, you're basically EQing the room on every mic channel and the audio you're sending to your video is going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. alone, fixing your house system will actually help your video system yeah, if you run it out of, out of that so so let's talk a little bit about some common things you see when you go in to help a church uh, let's say a church calls you and says yeah we got to do something with our sound we heard about you wholehearted productions trent can come in and, and look at our sound what, what are some common issues that you come in and go ooh? so the biggest one really is an eq and a lot of churches either don't have one or it's been completely bypassed because some kid came up there and screwed with the knobs. And so now it sounds worse than it did when it was in there. Um, and, uh, that's really almost a cornerstone of a system. And a lot of churches don't even have one in their system. So that's one. Um, so how do you, how do you go about, let's just say, you know, mine sounds terrible. How do you go about tuning the 
the EQ? Does it take a trained ear to come in and say, okay, I know how to adjust this thing? So a trained ear definitely, I mean, honestly, I have the technology to do it by meters and, you know, cool whatevers. But a lot of it is an ear. You just know like, that frequency isn't right. You find it and you kill it. Um, or it's just not there and you add a little bit more of that frequency. A lot of it I actually do by ear. Just, you know, I listen to music that I I know. And if it sounds right in the room, it probably is right. And then I check with my cool high-speed machine and it says, well, maybe a little bit more here, a little bit there. But so a good ear can get pretty close. So there's a machine out there that can say, up. Oh, this is where everything should be or yeah, it's called an iPad. Oh yeah. <laughs> so with um, some software on it. I mean, yeah. So th- there's a variety of, they're called, um, RTAs and, or, um, um, fast for your transfer, um, transform images, uh, depending on what you're trying to do. And depending on how accurate you're trying to get, you could actually zoom in on a very small piece. And it's, it's helpful when you're looking at base audio. Um, because those frequencies are so, so long and so, uh, how should they say, a one-third band graphic equalizer doesn't always get the job done. Um, and so an RTA doesn't always show you exactly what's going on. But there's a variety of ways to look at the, the image of the sound that's coming into the um, into the device, whether that's coming into your computer via a microphone or into your iPad with good software. Um so and it, this is, I'm obviously a complete newbie on a, this, but that sounds like a, a, a good fix in my, if I got you know sound at my place and I can install an app on my iPad and carry it into the sanctuary and it will say, no, this frequency needs to come down. This one needs to come up. That would to, be, to some extent is that, that is true, but the question is where do you check it? Because it's going to be different in one spot from another. And it could be that it's not just the EQ that's bad. Maybe your speakers aren't aimed right. Mm, maybe um one speaker is louder than another or depending on how your church is wired maybe your highs and your lows from your speaker aren't necessarily in tune with each other your fill speakers aren't quite right so there's a lot of things that ultimately go into this besides just the eq Mm -hmm. and depending on the size of your church that's where it's also helpful to have because bodies that's going on and then you get people in the in the building in the room right that's going to affect everything exactly especially if you have a room with a hard floor uh, yes. And you cover that up with a bunch of warm, fluffy bodies. That will change the sound a lot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, real quick here, back to the EQ thing. So uh, when you said, you know, you tune it by ear, I mean, do you put a song on and run, run, run the song? Or do you, you know, what do you listen to to say, yeah, this thing needs adjusted or this needs to change? Is it just something that you personally have? Or I, I guess I'm. I'm yeah, it's I'm, interesting because I'm half deaf. Like literally, I wear hearing aids sometimes. Huh? Um, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, and so sometimes when I'm done, people will say that sounds a little crispy. Okay, I'll fix that. Um, I've become humble enough to say, okay, I do have my limitations. But it, it is. It's one of those things where you know experience and if you really want to get good at EQing, and you should be good at, at EQing, even if you're not EQing your house, you still have to EQ each individual channel. Right. Um, sometimes just taking a graphic EQ and bringing up two or three bands all the way up and saying, oh, that's that sound. And then you bring them all the way down. Oh, well, it doesn't sound good if it's not there either. Okay. Um, okay. And, and you just do that all the way up the, the, you know, two or three bands at a time, all the way up the graphic equalizer and back down um, all the way up and all the way back down. Um, you can, you, you can kind of train your ear that way. 
Um, and you be and after you've played with it long enough, you'd be like, you know, that's 500 hertz. That needs to be down a little bit, or I need a little bit more brightness, and that's like three or four k. You kind of you okay. you develop that ear over time. But you do you do it with one consistent product i mean once one like a song or something i actually or... use a variety of songs and yeah. part of that is because every song is mastered differently right so you can't necessarily just uh, rely on one song some right. people you know they, they have their set list of that song sounds exactly like this every room's a little yeah. different but you'll quickly figure out like certain things just don't sound right. Right. Well, and then, you know, you have a, you have a choir or you have a band or something like that. So I'm asking for a friend here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to this podcast going, well, how can I fix this is what I'm, you know, that's what yeah. I'm getting at. Here. And I have noticed our, now that you mentioned it, our sound guy will walk around the room. I'm like, what is this guy doing? How come he's not back on the soundboard? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's trying to see what it sounds like. Right. Everywhere you know, else, in everywhere else yeah. in the room, which yeah. depending on where your soundboard is, may be completely different than where your soundboard is. Right, right. especially right. if it's like in an attic behind a window. Yeah. yeah, I digress. And you've, you've, um, it sounds like you've had that experience before seeing that. That's why they made iPads and digital soundboards. Right. So, yeah. so all right. So EQ is a, a big issue for churches. It what is. else is another issue? You mentioned something earlier about speaker placement. Is that? Do you find that a common problem? Uh, uh, speaker some? placement, and sometimes they just wear out. Have they been there for thirty years? They just get tired, Um, and that's a good time to replace them. Also, the technology in speakers, especially with the concept of line arrays and other things like that, um, has improved so much over the last 10 or 20 years that you can actually get some significant improvements over what you used to have, it, which makes the sound throughout the room much more clear, much more consistent, much more like going to a real concert. So I, I've got this. Uh, I don't know if you want, want to ask a question, but let me no, ask it for first. It. So I, I know this church, and they have it's like a square room, not very big, and they have you know two speakers up front in the corners, one in one in one corner, one in the other. But they have it like pointed inward. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So they're kind of like the sounds Crossed. coming out crisscrossing. Yep. I mean, is and somebody said, yeah, that's a good way to do that. You're the expert. Is that I, a good way to do that or not? I like. I have some speakers that are pretty directional. They're 70 degrees wide. So if you take your arms and, and you, you know, basically make a, a right angle and then narrow that a little bit, it's, it's about 70 degrees. I often will do that. And the reason for that is to keep the sound off the walls okay. and make sure I cover in front of the stage. So okay. if that's all you have is, three, is two speakers, right. that's not a bad place. Now, the one hazard to that is um, if you have – you know, central, my pastor's in the middle, but I'm hearing the sound come from the side. Then to some extent, it's nice to have a central speaker that right. kind of draws oh, your attention. Cause it, it, yeah, it kind of confuses people like, wow, I'm looking right at this guy in front of me, but I'm hearing him talk over in my, my right ear. My left, exactly. Yeah. So you know, my argument is, well, why don't you take those speakers and put them right at the front? You know, that was my thought. Well, you know, you should do that. I mean, but I guess, again, it depends on... Every room on, is different. Yeah, the room's different. The speakers could be different. There could be a logical reason why that was originally set up that way instead of having it right in front of people. And I guess experiment, if you have the, the option, and most yeah. people say, well, I can't move my speakers. It right. spent me, you know, I spent a day and a half mounting them, Yeah, and I can't just carry them over yeah, here. That, that can be a... I, I will say this. Um, if you have subwoofers, it's best to keep those centrally located and together. And that's because 
the really long wavelengths of those subs end up creating cancellation patterns that creates a checkerboard of low frequencies across your room. So a subwoofer, for those of us who are novice, what, what is a subwoofer? A subwoofer is usually a, a pretty big speaker, but it's dedicated just to low frequencies, right. below 100 hertz. Which so is, like a bass, you'd hear bass coming out of that? Exactly. Okay. Um, a bass and your kick drums and that, that low, nice, right. warm... Ooh, right. I'm here now. Sound. Yeah. Okay. Fills the room. And, exactly. Yeah. The low okay. end that that like yeah. is like yeah. nice, warm, satisfying. Yeah. If you can centralize that part of your frequency to the middle of the room, yeah. then you can often um, get a much more consistent coverage pattern throughout the room. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. another probably common question you may get is, well, if I want good sound, I need good big budgets. Is that the case, or can I? I'm operating on a budget. Can I can I rival the sound of uh, how much how much influence does dollar cost of equipment have over the quality of your sound, or is it a tuning thing? Um. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. <laughs> For example, I was at a, a church today, and they're talking about spending some significant change on a nice professional sound system. Um, and I was at that church with my system my personal system that costs way less than that that they want to replace it with and my system costs way less than their current soundboard does. my uh, speakers snake soundboard everything costs way less than their current soundboard did um and yet people are just like that sounded really good just sometimes it's knowing how to use what you have right so sometimes you don't necessarily have to spend a lot more money on equipment it might be worth just investing some into making what you have do what it's supposed to do right so you could say hey i bring in someone like yourself come and check out my system and have your way with all our knobs and controls and they'll walk away with wow looks like we spent 50k on a new system but and and sometimes even after you spent 50k on a new system it's still helpful to have somebody come in and tune things <laughs> yeah. i just did that at a recent church not too long ago and they're like oh it got a lot of compliments about how much better things sounded uh, and it's not you know churches are volunteer organizations large you know by and large and even if you hire a sound guy it's for an hour or two on sunday he's you're not hiring somebody to come and spend a week tuning your system making things like tight um or and even if you do have you know it might not even take a week might just take you know an hour or so but having somebody that really knows what they're doing can actually help the volunteers that come in say well i can work with that Mm -hmm. i can now I have a good starting point. So, so that's another question I was going to throw at you. What do you do? You just mentioned a lot of volunteers are involved, you know, serving their churches. You know, God bless them. That's awesome. But what do you do? I mean, how can you train a volunteer? What, what would you suggest? Because some of the some of the problems may be the mix. So how you know how do you go about somebody that's eager to help mix sound? How do you help them how do you train them and and you know is is it a couple hours do you point them to youtube videos do you do they go to your website i mean what you know how would you do that so i actually developed a sound training seminar i call it It, i used to try and do it all in the morning it didn't happen i start with this is a sound wave uh you know vince lombardi style this is a sound wave because i'm pretty convinced that if you understand the physics of what you're talking about knowing how to deal with what 
is going on, whether or not you're actually the guy that's installing the system or, um, you know, tuning it, whatever, all that should be done for you. But if something goes wrong, it's still a good idea to have an idea. Oh, my amps aren't on. <laughs> Got it. I, yeah. I know I have amps and there they are. Um, and don't ask me how I know. But, um, <laughs> you know, so we start with this is a sound system. This is how your sound systems put or this is sound wave. So this is how systems put together. And then, um, Every soundboard is created differently. If you have a short little analog board, it might not take more than 20 minutes to tell you everything on it. If you have a big digital board, even like an X32, which a lot of churches are getting, that's a bigger deal. There's, you know, 30 years ago, that was $100,000 just of soundboard, not to mention another $100,000 worth of outboard gear. Right. And now you're handing it to churches for two grand, which is pretty pretty affordable, but it's still an awful lot of technology. Is that a consistent trend with... Sound equipment? Are they? Going is it going? You know, is it following the, the the line of I don't know computers or that sort of thing? So there is some very very capable soundboards within two to six thousand um, dollars that the average church can generally you know wrap themselves around now. Um, that but was, are the prices going down? Yeah, are things going down? Um, or do I just wait and they're 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 it? staying pretty consistent. Although I will say, you know, I bought my X thirty two six years ago when it was first out, and I paid three thousand a little less than three thousand dollars. I'm happy I got a deal, and now it's two thousand dollars. So that board has gotten less, and it really is kind of driving the entire market to try and like, how do I compete with the X thirty two? Just because it's so much board for so little money, yeah. and who—that's a model of who yeah, makes that. Yeah, it's a Behringer makes Behringer. that, and okay. then Midas made their M32, which has better preamps and is fancier, and and you know it looks cooler. It was the same software. What's the board? Um, oh, I got here. Mackie. I got a Mackie. Now Mackie used to be a good brand, right? Or is it, you're you're rolling your eyes? Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I've done a lot of sound on Mackies over the years. Um, in terms of analog boards, they were kind of known for eventually losing channels just because of the way they were made. Yeah. Um, but, right. I mean, a clean-sounding board, generally. Yeah. All right, so we got off track. Sorry. Uh, so so you got somebody. So you, you have a deal where you give people the basics. Now, uh, here's a question. Can anybody run sound, or do they actually have to have an ear for it? Um... Heart goes a long, long ways, but I will say this. At a certain point, sound is both art and science, and if you don't have um, the ear for it, um, it's going to be pretty challenging. And if you don't have a technological understanding, some ability to understand concepts of science, and you know, it's going to be a little challenging. But a heart goes a long, long ways. Can you train somebody that with just heart to do sound? I've tried. Uh, <laughs> and it like. doesn't usually last very long because even with a good heart, somebody's going to get frustrated because they just right. don't get it. And it's not a matter of, you know, they're too dumb to figure it out. God just made all of us differently. And a sound guy is kind of a unique person. They're kind of a musician. <laughs> Are they? They're a, mus <laughs> they're a musician. The soundboard is the most important <laughs> instrument in the band. And they're also a scientist. Right, um, you know, technology kind of guy, and it's 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 a kind of a rare combination. It's amazing yeah. that we have as many of them as we do. Yeah. Some of them may not really be <laughs> qualified. Well, I, so I've been that's doing, true. I've been doing church stuff for for a long time. I've bragged about it here for years, but uh, I've had lots of frustrations. I used to lead music teams. I, I've had lots of frustrations with 
sound people. Sorry. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the first part of my sound seminar, actually, before we get into the science of sound, is uh, I go over Philippians 2, 1 through 4, which basically says, think of everybody as better than yourselves. Be like Jesus. Don't be self-conceited. Um, you put others before yourself. Um, think of others as better than yourself. And, you know, right. the sound guy and the worship leader are in interesting positions because the worship leader wants to produce great music for everybody. And, and especially if you're using wedges, it becomes a big issue. The, the sound guy wants to make a great sound for everybody in the congregation. He doesn't want these wedges. Yeah. Uh, the monitor is blasting all that's, over the stage. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you next. And and so the, 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 the sound guy's like, but you can't have it that loud. And worship leader, but if I can't have it that loud, I can't hear what I'm doing, and right. then you have nothing to mix. So there, there has to be a certain amount of give and take, and that's why... A lot of churches are now starting to go to in-ear monitors, which is basically wearing a head, pair of headphones. And now with digital boards having so many separate monitor mixes available, um, you know, for twenty-five or thirty-dollar piece of equipment, right. uh, you could actually have in-ear monitors at church. You don't have to spend eight hundred dollars a set on a wireless system. So what? Um, I kind of watch that transformation in my church. I don't get in front of a bunch of different churches. I. I see them online, but I'm not in front of them. It's I was under the assumption that everybody went to in ears, kind of like oh, now we're using smartphones now, so let's go to in ears. Is that are there a bunch of churches that are doing monitors still? Or um, there there still are a lot of churches that use monitors because um, a lot of them are in that transition point. They haven't yet gone there they might not have the capabilities with their current sound system mm -hmm. to go there until they replace their analog board with four outputs to a digital board that can actually yeah. answer the mail i used to watch enjoy watching those fights because the the guy in guitar i need more i need more and the sound guys no you can't have more. i hear it every sunday where i'm at i don't uh, i don't lead the music anymore but i'm i can't oversee the whole deal and i hear it every sunday yeah, yeah. And, and and some of that comes back to physics if your guitar amp or your monitor is aimed at your ankle you aren't going to hear it but everybody else in the congregation will hear right. it just fine <laughs> until you put ears on your calves you know <laughs> get an amp stand <laughs> yeah that, that's a we're actually in the process of doing some transitioning to inner ears now so and we have a small room and and, and, and the other thing about you know guitar amps is you know, ever heard of pods uh you know they make <laughs> guitar simulate you know amp right. simulators that sound right way more expensive than any amp you could ever afford yeah. um, that don't produce any sound except through the system and you know yeah. you're, you're all happy so yeah. that's also another consideration in terms of that stage noise yeah. and so we, we only have about a minute left here but I, I wanted to get to the monitor question so and again there's, there's probably no easy answer to that you know other than maybe go with the inner ears uh, not inner ears but, in ears right i will say it comes back down to eq though if you can eq your monitors a lot of times and get the angles right yeah a lot of times you can actually not screw up the house mix quite as much okay. um you just have to actually eq your monitor so that the person actually hearing what they're trying to hear yeah. that's a good tip that's actually a very good tip all right good deal all right anything else you've got to run so uh steve has to run if, Actually, I'm sure Trent is. All right, so people, how can people get a hold of you? Now, you're in Tucson, Arizona. I am. But but uh, for people, I mean, can people send you an email? I mean, you, yeah, you'd be can, willing to reach they, out. They can send me an email at trent at wholeheartedpro.com. All right, so trent, T-R-E-N-T, -E at wholeheartedpro.com. 
pro and, and it's whole h w h o l e hearted pro.com yep. so that's probably the best way your website is wholehearted pro.com pro. and and even though my phone number sounds like it's from tennessee because that's where the army first said you have to have a cell phone um uh, my cell phone is 931 216 3157 but don't let the 931 area code scare you i still live in tucson well yeah, yeah and and uh, we got people all over the world listening to this podcast we're worldwide awesome as far as we know so uh so people can call you and or they could send you an email and uh you know i mean i know i know you're you're here in arizona but maybe you could help somebody somewhere else with some advice or you're a a wholehearted sir or a a, what's the right word you do all the services you'll you know you'll you'll sell equipment you'll tune systems you'll you do it all right i actually even have my own sound and lighting system and can actually support your next small to medium-sized concert oh okay so I'm wow. actually actually preparing to do the uh, National Day of Prayer in in May down at the library in Tucson. So, oh wow! So, so you oh. do it all. So you so yeah so so good to know. So Trent, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for my for privilege coming over here. And we'll, we definitely need to have you on again because we just kind of touched, just barely scratched the surface here. Uh, so we're out of time. So folks, we'd love to get feedback. Uh, we gave you Trent's contact information, but you can always contact us. We'll relay the message to him. Just send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. So for Trent and the guy across the table from me, Steve Lacey, I'm Phil Thompson. Thanks for listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. Have yourself a great day.